Hello, and today's podcast has an interesting discussion about identity after injury or illness. It's Destination Tokyo. It's 10 minutes talking Paralympics and Olympics every day, Monday to Friday. And today, Emma Wiggs is talking about a shift in her mindset. Emma is a Paralympian. She competed in sitting volleyball at London 2012 and won gold in Rio in the para canoe. But a wrist injury in the gym threatened her career two years ago. If you've not heard Emma before, she's super eloquent. She's a passionate speaker about many issues. And we began by talking about today's news that the head of the Tokyo Olympics organising committee, Yoshiri Mori, has stepped down after he was criticised for making inappropriate remarks about women. I mean, I think, you know, it's sad when anyone loses their job, but I think it's, you know, we are in a world now where we absolutely have to all be striving for equality and, and you know, treating everyone equally regardless of their gender and and therefore you know when you're in such such powerful positions um that has to be at the forefront of your mind do you see the paralympics as something that has been used as a vehicle for breaking down barriers and prejudice yeah absolutely and i think that's you know that's all of our responsibilities not just as as athletes but as humans on this planet you know we need to be working to to break down those stereotypes and to make sure that we're using positive language and, and language that doesn't reinforce these uh, these kind of stereotypes and, and opinions. And, and that is everybody's absolute responsibility. Do you still find that there's a long way to go? I think I think Mark is always going to be um, further to go than, than than we currently are at the minute, and I think that's why you know an awareness of it and a and a kind of zero tolerance to to any sort of you know, behaviour or language that isn't helpful um, has to be the kind of stance. Where do you think the Paralympic movement is then at the moment? Um, is it in a better place than it was when you first started training? I think I think absolutely. I think the Paralympics um, changed beyond recognition after London. I think the momentum that it gained both in terms of um, its appeal to the, to the nations across the world and, and its coverage at London has kind of propelled it into this new kind of level. And I think we've built on that and, and we continue to build on that. There's still more to be done. Absolutely, there's more to be done. There's more to be done in terms of sponsorship, equality. You know, there's still very different sponsorship packages on offer for able-bodied athletes compared to, to para-athletes. But, you know, I, I do feel quite positive. I feel like we're in the right direction. And for me personally, you know, the, the narrative has changed slightly. I think pre-London, the, the narrative was all around, you know, poor you, aren't you brave? Haven't you done well to get this far? Whereas pre-Rio, people were interested in what I could bench press or, you know, how many chins I could do and, and how fast the boat was going and, and what our training involved rather than kind of the story the story behind us all. What's your bench press? Uh, currently, uh, 73, slightly higher before my wrist injury. You know, I'm a very different athlete, Mark, um, since my wrist injury, and I can't do anything about that, as frustrating as that is. Uh, you know, Matt and myself are working incredibly hard to to try and, and get our boats faster, but, you know, particularly in the kayak, it is it is absolutely more challenging with a, with a wrist that isn't quite the same. Tell us about that injury and, and just how challenging it's been since then. Um, I think, really, if I'm, if I'm brutally honest, the main challenge was... From a kind of mental health perspective after the the surgery it was um very apparent to me that i um really struggled in that kind of six months after after surgery i think it changed you know what i thought about myself um i've become kind of emma wiggs the canoeist that broke world records and, and won races um and ra- you know rather than looking at myself as emma wiggs 
you know, a wife, a friend, a daughter, you know, and not a bad paddler. Um, and I think I'd kind of just lost a little bit of perspective on, on, on what was important in life. And um, it was a bit of a struggle then when potentially everything was taken away from, from me in terms of canoeing. You know, it was very much a career, a co- potentially career-ending injury. So it was a, it was a real struggle. And I've, I'm very fortunate that we get a lot of support. And, and I decided to put the work in with a course, psychologist and, and my support team and, and really, you know, turn the corner and, and come out in a better place afterwards. I find that interesting from from a, an everyday sort of perspective as well. I mean, as you know, my family's been affected by cancer over the last 12 months. And I think the sort of stuff you're saying is that you you question yourself, you doubt yourself, you're a different person after an, an illness or in your case, an injury. So what techniques and what advice can you offer? I think it's about you know going back to to your values and what's important and actually all of my values um, are not related to how fast I paddle a canoe. Um, my values absolutely make me the person I am and the athlete I am, and I will always want to make the boats faster. But you know the result of a canoe race doesn't doesn't change my my values and, and what's actually fundamentally important to me. So if you if you can get really you know, a good understanding of, of, of your values and what kind of behaviours demonstrate those and shape those, it gives you a kind of blueprint almost to, to live by every day and, and to and to work from. And, and then your happiness and your self-esteem and your self-confidence, which for me were the areas that took a real knock, um, can then be rebuilt slowly because you realise that, you know, something like paddling a boat, which is incredibly important to me, you know, can, you know, can have too much emphasis and actually by getting a bit more balance um you can have the best of best of both worlds and, and actually the boat the boat speed can can be improved if uh, if you've kind of got it a bit more in perspective this is really interesting because on this series we've heard from tom daly and adam dixon the gb hockey captain both become fathers recently and both have said that's changed their perspective that their sport is now more enjoyable and a lot more fun and it's not quite as important as they thought it was and it sounds like you're in a similar sort of place at returning from an injury yeah and I think the thing is Mark you know it, you know when up to Rio everything everything in my life every area of my life was about making the boat fast and you know that was um you know where I wanted to be at that point but not, probably wasn't hugely healthy and actually, potentially, you know, I, I I said no to things and didn't do things that I felt would affect my training and my and my boat speed. Whereas now, actually, by having a bit more balance, by you know, in touch with family and friends, and you know, when we're allowed, obviously, COVID <laughs> COVID wise, um, it gives you that kind of appreciation and, and balance that then actually, rather than detracting from your boat speed, I found has added. So I'm training at an intensity level that I've never trained at. And, you know, I'm quite old now and uh, and got a dodgy wrist. So to be able to find a different level of training because I've got that little bit more balance. And it doesn't mean that I'm not working as hard. You know, actually, it probably means the opposite. I've just, you know, I, I think I've changed my mindset, made a few more, you know, sensible decisions around, actually, I can do this session at home rather than driving in for 25 minutes, you know, being in Nottingham and then driving home. That's, you know, if I can do it at home, and then I get more, better recovery and more focus, then, I, then I'm going to do that. That's great to hear, Emma. Um, and you'll be pleased to know that I've been thinking of you a lot this week. 
Oh, excellent. Thanks, Mark. Yeah. Uh, the week started on this podcast talking to Kev Seward, a marathon runner, and uh, he gets up at six in the morning and runs to work. Effectively, that's his training because he's got a full time job. And I was thinking about, you know, this dreadful week of freezing cold temperatures, and my <laughs> mind immediately went to you and your para canoe colleagues. Cost. I know we have oh. we have we have been feeling it this week. I tell you. <laughs> It's that terrible balance between feeling so grateful that we are able to train, because obviously we have exemption to train at the High Performance Centre, and thinking, gosh, we're so lucky to do that. But at the same time, it's minus eight wind chill and it's snowing. And do I really, do I really want to be on the lake? But fair play to, to all my teammates um, and all our coaches. You know, we've been out there every single day, come snow, hail, wind, uh, rain or whatever and uh, and been getting the sessions done but it's certainly been a, a chilly week and can I ask you because you're always so super positive you and the squad do you ever have days when you just think I'm just want to turn over in bed and get another hour's sleep yeah well I think I think everybody does don't they? I think particularly in the challenges that the the, what the world is dealing with at the minute but you know I think for us we are very lucky that we've got we've got the ability to train and we are also very focused as a squad to know we've got selection coming up in April and we want, as a squad, we want the uh, the best, the fastest um, athletes to, to get on that plane to Tokyo to go and represent all of us and that's the real driving force behind what we're doing every day. So it, it really helps me to know that I'm surrounded by athletes with the same with the same mindset. But yeah, absolutely, the duvet looks quite appealing, particularly <laughs> when it's uh, minus eight outside, but we uh, we kind of push each other on. I guess from my experience, though, you never regret going out and doing exercise. You might, the, the, the step of getting outdoors is even more challenging at this time of year. But when you've done it, you don't regret it, do you? No, absolutely not. And I, I was listening to a podcast the other day, actually, that talked about a five second rule. And actually, when your alarm goes off, you should count to five and get up before you get to five. Um, because actually, it's the, it's the getting up that is the hard bit. Because you're right, once you're up and you're out and you're, you know, you're cracking on, it's uh, it's easy. And, and then you feel the benefit of it afterwards. That's great. I'm going to mention that to my teenage daughter. <laughs> see how that goes down. Yeah, see how that goes down. Oh, Emma, that's brilliant. You've done so well this week. And thanks very much for joining us. And we'll catch you later. Thanks, Mark. And thanks to Emma and everyone else who's contributed to Destination Tokyo this week. Uh, just a reminder that one of the reasons for doing these podcasts is to raise money for Maggie's Cancer Centres. It's a great charity that helps cancer patients both practically and emotionally on their journeys. If you want to make a small donation, just the price of a cup of coffee, a tip for doing this podcast series, then please visit my Just Giving account, justgiving.co.uk and search Destination Tokyo, or you'll find a link in the show notes attached to this podcast. Well, we'll be back again on Monday with more Olympic and Paralympic talk. And until then, have a good weekend and see you soon. Bye-bye.